Just very, 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 very first time to elevate. Let's see those hands. First time to elevate. Actually, you elevate? You've been elevate before? Yeah, before you. Before me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got one, two, hands up. Three, four. I did. All right, can you guys all move to the front? Get your stuff and find a seat within the first two rows. That's right, boy. <laughs> two rows. Let me look at you. Get comfortable, bring all your stuff with you because that's what you're gonna sit for the night, y'all. I'm serious. We have a very, 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 very awesome sermon series lined up for you tonight. I'm so glad you guys are all here. So tonight, I have a fun little game planned for you all. And it's called, can you turn, me down, turn the music down just a little bit? Like I'm competing. You don't turn it off, just turn it down. I'm not going to compete with them. And you're surprised that I'd rather lose them anyway. Kidding. Kidding. All right. So, tonight I have a game. It's called How's Yours? So, it doesn't really make sense. But what's going to happen is one of you is going to leave the room. Okay? And you're going to have to go far, far away, the other side of the building, so that you can't hear me on this, or you can't hear me. So, you're going to go over there so that you're not, you can't hear me, okay? And we're all gonna pick one, one piece of our body, like nose, or maybe even we'll pick an object, shoes, for instance, okay? So whenever that person leaves, while we pick that thing, this person's gonna come back, and he or she is gonna walk up to maybe like four or five of you, and ask you, how's yours? So if I was talking about your nose, and I don't know what I don't know yet, but this person doesn't know what they're thinking, right? So I'm gonna say, "How's yours?" And you would describe what we pick, and you would say, "You don't say nose, but you have to describe your nose." So how would you describe your nose? How would you describe your nose? How would you describe your nose? Very pointy. Okay, exactly. So you want to describe it without telling the person what it is. So after asking four or five people. They have to try to guess what are they describing? What are they trying to get to? Okay? So we'll maybe we'll let them ask one four or five. But I want to volunteer. If not, I'll take you. Alright, Miriam. Okay, perfect.
That's God healing you. And people would give their life to God because, like, man, I know that's just not, I was thinking, Adam, I was thinking all these things that did not work. And so what I want to show you right now, I want to show you a video of last year's Mardi Gras. And what we're going to do, we're going to pray for the team out there because I believe in prayer that God, you know what, they're going to go out there. And one of the biggest things that are happening is discouragement. People can get discouraged like, man, I don't want to hear about this because that happens a lot. People can get really abusive, even threatened. Like, you're going to talk about Jesus? Get out of here. Do like I said, get out of here. And literally, we'll get into your face. So we always part of guys, we're girls, but we want to pray, believing that God's going to do great things in their lives. But before we do that, I want you guys to watch this video. Tito, you can go ahead and play it.
after Jesus, y'all. Come on. And some of y'all might be saying to yourself, man, why you all go out there for that time at that specific time when it gets really crazy? Why do you guys do that? Because God said, man, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the next is to love your neighbor as yourself. And we love those people to let them know about Jesus. And man, there were over 900 people that gave their life to God. Think about it. This church can fit, about chairs right now, about 122. This is about 122 chairs with some in the back right here. Over 900 people gave their life to God and said, man, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Wow. So we want to pray and believe that God can double that. <laughs> Amen? So if you guys can do me the favor, just we're going to have that as a sign of like, man, you know what, we're going to come in agreement. You guys can lift up your hands toward this and say, man, we're going to pray for SEM and the students. So let's pray. Father, we come before you. And God, we just ask, God, that your Holy Spirit would be over the people, God. That God, today, as they're hearing about what you're doing and how you are blowing up in their hearts, Father, we pray that you would supernaturally, God, use them, God. Father, that their words, God, will be used to touch people's hearts. That you, Holy Spirit, would go out before them. God, we pray for the testimony of salvations. God, we pray for the testimony of healings. God, we pray for the testimony of demons being cast out. Yes, Demons being cast out, God, because we believe that, God, when you go before us, all things are possible. So we pray this, God. God, may they come back refreshed. May they come back, God, with a passion to see it done in this city and in the cities they represent. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, let's go get on with some of our announcements. Guys, it's our heart, man. You know, we're not... We're not saying, man, this is the greatest thing here, but we want to share, like, man, when God is doing something elsewhere, we want to come in agreement and pray. And, man, some of the things we got going on here, every Friday, Elevate, 7 o'clock, we have our sermon series, Jesus Bringing Sexy Back. If you guys can give me the fever, a fever, favor, a standing to your feet for me, please. I want y'all to stretch it out, get ready. We're going to get ready for worship in a bit. As a matter of fact, we have Vinny come up on the keys, Lawrence on the drums. Some quick announcements. We have life groups every Tuesday. Okay, this coming Tuesday, we're going to meet at my house, and it's at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, you can come to my house. The address is going to be coming up soon. If we can get the slides come up on the screen for me, please. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys, you can go straight to the, the other slide for me. And oh, we're going. Amen. Amen. Life groups, Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pastor at Adam's house. It's cool. Phone us up, Pastor. Damn. My phone number is right there. So if you guys got to get a hold of me, say, man, where you're at. Some of you guys have done that before. Uh, please hit me up. What we're doing is this. Since we're talking about Jesus bringing sexy back, man, there's a whole bunch of things that we can talk about when we talk about sex, right? It's just, it's just like, oh, sexy. But how about homosexuality? Because that's big. How about marriage? Because that's big. You know, and at the end of it, what we're going to do is we're going to bring up a couple that, have not, that are now married, loving God, and said, man, this is all the things that we've had in our life. How many of you guys aspire to be married in this place? Having a family? If not, that's, that's okay. If not, that's fine. But see, if you say, man, I want to do it right, there's ways to do it right, y'all. Right? If you have sex outside of marriage, the shame that that brings, do it God's way. Amen? Moving on, our tithes and offering. Tithe is 10% of your total income. If we can have the buckets coming up, please. And offerings, whatever you offer to God after your tithe. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bless you in this place. God, sometimes we don't even know what you are up to. But we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open up our hearts to, to what you are doing, God. God, if you're true and if you're good and if the Bible says all these things about you, we want to be able to experience it in this place. 
And God, as we pray, God, we pray that you would bless each and every student. Father, if they're looking for a job, that God, you would open up doors for them, provide for their families. It's tough right now economically, God. We know that. But God, we believe that you provide. That God in heaven, you're not broke. The light bills are paid. Father, you're not eating off of crumbs. God, you are blessed. And Father, you want to bless us. So we receive it in this place, God. We ask you for it out of every student, God, if they're in their schools. Father, you bless them in their schools and their studies and what they're doing. God, give them favor. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. We're going to read this scripture really quickly, 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 quickly. Acts 20, 35. You guys can say it nice and loud. Believe it. God's going to do it. On the count of three. One, two, three. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. One more time. You guys look at this. Okay, and we're gonna do this because we're gonna wake up because we're about to start worship. All right, give me like a little beat right here, quickly. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Give me something, something. Oh, okay. All right, let's see what you got. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, check it. Uh, no, I can't rap. Yeah, okay, y'all good. Y'all good. <laughs> Waking you up, and he's about to rap. No, I can't rap in the city though. All right, we're going to read this out loud. Y'all read nice and loud for me, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. Remember it. The words the Lord Jesus himself said. It, it is, is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more than, okay, we're going to do it anyways. Come on up as you give. As you guys leave your seat, find a place up here for worship. We're going to get started. If we can turn out the lights for me on the side. Y'all can make your way up to the front. Like over here. Come on. Some of the guys who've been here before, help them out. If I can have Isaiah and Jonathan come up and stand right here, one and two. This first song we're about to sing is actually an oldie but a goodie. Y'all can face, y'all can move as close as you can to the stage and then face them. Okay? Yep, yep, y'all can spread apart, yep. Got joined at the side. There you are. <laughs> so this is the song we're gonna sing. I'm Trey Marcellos. I'm not sure if you guys have heard it, but it's a good one, okay? And so it goes like this. So we all have a little fun in church, yeah, okay? Y'all gonna be here with scoot it, scoot it, scoot it, scoot it, scoot it, scoot it, scoot it this way. Come on out. Make it nice and even. It's like top heavy over here. Okay. So this is it. We gotta dance for y'all. Alright? When we sing this part, I'm trading my sorrows. What y'all are going to be doing, and Jonathan and Isaiah are going to be demonstrating for us. Let's get up front of Jonathan and Isaiah. Come on. All right, let's do this. When we say, I'm trading my sorrows, you're literally going to do it as saying, God, I'm trading my sorrows. So ready? Y'all can do it for me. I'm going to sing it, but they're going to dance for you just a little bit. Show you what's going to be like, okay? One, two, three, four. Because I'm trading my sorrows. Yeah. I'm trading my sorrows.
I believe in this place, man. I, I can tell you what, I've had so many stories of God's goodness in my life. Like, what's not one of these things where I'm trying to get excited about? Like, man, God's good. And I'm trying to like, make you guys feel what I'm feeling, but man, he's been good. And when I take a second to think back to just in my life, even in the lives of the people in the Bible, man, he shows his goodness. And so many times we, we kind of focus on our failures. So many times we focus on what we have going on. So many times we put other things before God. And we kind of put, like, man, these things are good instead of God. Like, man, when did, when did a car become good? Like, yeah, having a car can be useful. It can be a good thing to have. But it in itself is not good. You know? But our God, the Bible says, they love us so much that even when we were sinners, Christ died for us. Come on now, just close your eyes in this place. When we focus our attention on you, God, that you are good, that we can come to you in this place and we can trade our sorrows, we can trade our shames, God, the things that we're embarrassed about. Come on, there's probably things right now that you're coming into this house of worship that you're embarrassed to even tell God. But man, you know, Adam, I'm a bad person. God would want to talk to me. Yes, he does. He's reaching out right now. This Holy Spirit, come on. Man, I'm all sick right now. Like I've been having these heartaches. Even my head headaches. Come on, whatever it is, he wants to heal you. We believe in this place that he's such a good God. No matter what you need, he satisfies you. So in this place, can you just raise your hands? If you say, man, I want that. I want God to touch me. I want God to touch me the way I haven't felt before in this place. We say, God, come and touch us, Lord. We believe in Lord. We believe in God. In our hearts and our minds, God, and everything that you have stored for us. You're such a good God.
such a good God. We're gonna sing that first verse again. We'll come on now. The Holy Spirit is in this place. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. You are God. You're not some force. You're not an it. You're a person. And you come and you meet with us. So, now we just pray right now, God. Invade our hearts and our minds. God, lead us to Jesus. Lead us closer to you. God, as we sing these songs, we lift you up and we praise you. Come on, we're going to sing this first verse again. I want you guys to sing it. If this is your first time singing this song, the words are on the screen. But we're drawing close to Jesus right now. Amen. Come on. Come sing when I call. When I call on your name, you answer. When I
greater than life itself. I found the hope stronger in life itself. I once was lost, now I'm alive in you. Now the situation's different. The situation's different now. I don't know what you've gone through in this place. That you've had to overcome. Come on, all eyes closed in this place. I don't know your situation, I don't. And I wish I could say something as heroic as, like, man, I wish I was there to help you, but I can't say that. Because I can't be at many places at one time, and I don't have the strength to even carry on the things that you're carrying. Man, some of the things that you're carrying that you're bringing into this place, you shouldn't be have to be carrying. Some of the situations you might be finding yourself in, man, it wasn't even your fault. And you have nothing to do with it. You're saying, I wish it wasn't like this. But I'm telling you, God in heaven in his sovereignty, in his power, in his grace, in his love, man, he sees you. He sees you, young man. He sees you, young lady. Right now, whatever the issue may be, as a shame you might be, you say, man, I don't have to share this with nobody, man, just the only people who are close to me, only know certain things about me, know the way what I'm going through. Man, I tell you what, you're not the only one going through it. You don't have to be at least. God. God, when he came down and he died on the cross and he said, it is finished. He wasn't saying, like, hey, you know, I came to play American Idol so I can be the most popular, so that I can have a whole bunch of churches around the world. No, he said it so that in your life, at those moments, man, whatever you're dealing with, you can turn to Jesus and say, man, Jesus, I give up. Man, Jesus, I don't have the strength to go through this. And he comes alongside of you. You may not have the strength to even stand up. He picks you up. He says, I'll carry you. I'll carry that for you. Man, God, my family doesn't even understand me. They hate me. They say things to me. And I don't even know if they love me. I don't know if anybody in this world loves me.
want to see all that change. Come on, we don't come here to stay the same. But then when you meet with God, don't you think something changes in your life? Come on, someone who's never had a beginning, no, will never have an end. Come on, you don't think that your life will change? Come on, while all eyes closed in this place, just to focus on this time of prayer. Come on, begin to ask God, God, can you do this in my life? Can you change me? Can you do this? Pour out your love. Come on, whatever it is. If you just say to yourself, man, I just need more Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. We're going to come in agreement. Come on, I need more Jesus in this place. Yeah, there's no better place to be than here in your presence, God. Than here in your presence, God. We want to stay here. Come on, God, I ask you right now, God, for my family, God. Right now it's hard in the living situation. God, I pray for peace in my family. God, for my mother and my father. Come on, as I pray for the things of uh, me, I have the mic, and you guys are going to be listening, but I want to encourage you. And there are things that I've been going through, too. So as I pray, just pray out for those things you have in your heart. God, I pray, God, for also the salvation of my brother. God, Lord, he knows you. God, he's run away. God, I pray that you would bring him back. God, use someone to touch, serve you in Jesus' name.
place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. Jesus, because we know that if we'll see Jesus, 
we will never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, give a hand clap to the Lord. You guys can go to the favorite answer to worship and get to make your way back to your seat. You can greet somebody that's new here. Come on, tell them welcome. sermon series in this place. Jesus is bringing sexy bags. If someone trying to like me, please. It's just like we're talking about Jesus bringing sexy back. The lights are off. Candles are lit. Like, what is going on? Cover your eyes. No, none of that. You guys are cool in the house of God. But we're hoping that you guys are feeling when you walk into this sanctuary, you look around and your eyes get to this, even with the cafe and the, and the heart-shaped like goodies, because Valentine's Day is coming soon. Like, man, this is something different. We have purposely done everything we could to try to bring up the idea of love to your mind. With the rose petals, the candles, the fake roses, nothing says love like fake roses. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But even with the chocolate, the heart shape, and everything centered around the homework, Valentine's Day, people put so much stock. Like, man, I don't have a Valentine's. Even on Facebook, you're going to see it. Like, I don't have a Valentine's this year. Sad face. Like, who cares? Like, is that the greatest challenge in your life? And you're going to say back, like, man, when I was a sophomore, junior, senior, I did not have a Valentine. So, you know, for the last four years, I didn't have a Valentine. Dang, salty. Man, you can't get a girl. Actually, this year, the first year in four years, I'll have a Valentine with the lovely Christina Perlman. Y'all can clap it up for her. She has done so much, and you know, all the stuff that you see here wasn't because I'm creative. It's because she's creative and she's done it all, so we really appreciate her. her got a plug in there. Yes, score. Got brownie points. Anyways, moving on. See, that's how you do it, guys. When you get a mic, that's how it's done. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to continue our series, and Jesus is bringing sexy back. You can open up your Bibles to Judge 16. Judge 16 is there, where we're getting into the story of Samson and Delilah. Quick backdrop. Samson is a strong man. He's a champion of the Israelites. God has anointed him and appointed him to be a deliverer. Okay, see, there's been people that have been coming and bothering the nation of Israel, trying to enslave them, trying to make them as their own, you know. And so what happens is God raises up people and says, listen, you're going to raise up an army. You're going to raise up the charge to stop that. So here we are, verse um, chapter 16, Samson and Delilah. If you can do me the favor, Lawrence, and get it in the New King James Version. That's the version I'm reading from. Uh, Judges 16, if you're there, say I'm there. If you're not there, say, hold up, wait a minute. No, so we're all there. Okay, hallelujah. Samson and Delilah. Now, when we get to the uh, part where we have to say Delilah's name, I want you guys to say it in the breathy tone. Just do it because it's fun, okay? All right, so when y'all see it on the, on the screen, it's going to get it up here a little bit. There it is. When we get to Delilah, I'm not going to say Delilah. 
the whole entire church, okay? Verse 1, now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. When the Gazites were told Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were all quiet. They were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gates of the city, and the two gateposts pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Verse 4, here it is. Afterward, it happened. That he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was. Yeah, you have to be so good with that. Delilah. And verse 5. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him, speaking of Samson, and find out where his great strength lies, and what by means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces. Of silver, they're saying, Man, we're going to show you the money to give you an idea how much money they were offering her. It would have been the total of 12 to 15 million dollars. So she had extra motivation, she had a reason to do this because she was going to be set for life. So here she is to Samson in verse 6. So Delilah, there it is. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where you get your great strength or where your great strength lies. And with what you may be bound to afflict you. Verse 7, And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Samson had a gift given to him by God. He was anointed and appointed. He was super strong. I'm not talking about like, man, you've been working out. Like, I can see those triceps. Man, where's the beach? That's Way, you know what I mean? Samson was supernaturally strong. It talked about he killed X amount of people, over hundreds of people, just by himself, with the jawbone of a donkey. The man is crazy. So here he is, they're trying to destroy him, and Delilah's coming up and enticing him. We start in verse 6. Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Samson plays back, he says, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I should become weak and be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying awake, staying in her room, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of her strength was not known. Verse 10. Then then Delilah said to Samson, look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound with. So he said to her, now I don't get this, but I'm getting the idea that Samson's a little slow here. She's coming up to him and saying, what can I do to afflict you? And he's responding. Maybe the elevator's not hitting all the way up, you know what I mean? He's a little slow, but he's playing the game. She's telling him, what can I do so that we can, uh, we can afflict you, take your great strength? And he's playing along, you know what, well, you can do this, you can do this. Verse 11, so he said to her, if they bind me securely with new robes that have never been used, then I should become weak and be like any other man. Therefore Delilah took new robes and bound him with them. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying away, staying in the room, but he broke them off of his arms like a thread. Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me with you what you may be bound with. And he said to her, if you weave seven lives of my head into the web of the loom. And he's going on. He's playing her games. 
She's coming up and she's deliberately telling him, listen, that's what I want to do. I want to hurt you. And I don't know about you. If someone comes up to you and deliberately says, listen, man, I want to hurt you. What's the best way possible that I can hurt you? Now, any sane, any normal person wouldn't be like, okay, you know, you just got to kick me right between the legs. That's what's really going to do the trick. I'll go down and I'll be out for a while. You know, you're not going to do that. You're going to be like, is something wrong with you? You know, guys, if another guy comes up to you and says that, you're like, hey, throw him up, man. What's up? You want him to go? Right. If it's a lady. Guys, I don't know about you. Modern day, if a lady comes up to you, if a lady comes up to you and says, hey, I want to hurt you, how can I do that? Would you tell them, like, hey, you got to do it like this, pull my hair a little bit, like I like it when you tuck my ear? Would you tell them something like that? Probably not. It took him a little bit. He was thinking about it. Maybe she pulls softer. No. You know what I mean? But we're not going to do that. Samson here. His problem is ladies, and he's not giving up, and he's playing her games. Verse 14, so she woven tightly with the garden of loom, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he woke from his sleep and pulled out the garden and the web of loom. And she said to him, How can you say I love you? She's getting a little serious now. If you can tell by her language and how she's approaching Samson, at first it was like, Hey, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Now it's at this point where like she's been made a fool of. She said, listen, tell me. Like she's saying, listen, you have mocked me. How can you say you love me? She's really putting it on him. Like, you don't love me. You're lying. And Samson, what does he do? Does he play around? Does he keep on going? You have mocked me three times and not told me where your great strength lies. Verse 16, and it came to pass. But she pastored him daily. We're going to focus on that word there. Pester, and she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I've never been, or never, never, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Let's look back at verse 16. And it came to pass. So the time was going on, this, this kind of game, this sick game. How can I afflict you? And it came to pass. Well, she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. Man, that word right there, pester. Last week, I'm going to review. Last week, we talked about enticing. With that word, the word illustration means it's a sparkling bait that hides a deadly hook. The man, when we're talking about sexual sin, and it affects everybody. It's not be like, that's not me, Adam. Like, I can look at everything and be like, I don't have a dirty mind, I don't have a dirty thought. No. It affects everyone in some form or way. And we're coming to the place last week we learned enticement. Man, it doesn't just start with someone wakes up in the morning like, man, I'm addicted to pornography. Someone wakes up in the morning like, man, I keep on having sex. Someone wakes up in the morning like, man, I cannot stop what I'm doing. I am bound. I have these chains. It does not just happen overnight. It happens when you are enticed, when you are open to the thought. The sparkling bait that hides a deadly hook. And this week we're looking at pasture. Delilah said, the Bible said that Delilah pestered him so that his soul was vexed to death. The word pester means nagging and pressuring. Man, do you know what? Sexual sin is always going to be around. We live in a world that's saturated from it or saturated with it. How many of you guys saw the Super Bowl? By show of hands, Super Bowl. Y'all were going for the Ravens to win or y'all 49ers? If y'all going for the 49ers, give a loud shout. Woo! 
Y'all feel ready to say, woo? So y'all must have been disappointed. Anyways, y'all were watching the commercials. I remember I was hanging with them, some friends. Uh, we were at uh, Miss Ada's house, a good friend, and she was uh, having uh, people over. She had the big screen TV. I'm sitting down watching it. Everything's cool. But I'm not sure if you guys noticed the commercials. There were certain commercials out there that were raunchy as heck. And nowadays, we live in a society where like that's become normal. There was one commercial. We're just watching. It's like, okay, there's like the supermodel and the nerd. And they look at each other like, oh, this can't be good. Oh, oh, oh. And people watching, they're like, oh. She's ugly too. And I'm like, oh, what are they? Did you, you know what I mean? It's everywhere. The advertisement. Like, hey, this is good. This is fun. Like, you can do it too. You should try it sometimes. And it puts the thought into your mind. You're opened up to it. Now when you go out and you see people without the same thoughts, like, man, you know what? That guy wasn't all that. He's with that girl. What's up, girl? Yeah, commercial, want to make commercial? No? Okay. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, your, your minds are open up to the thought of sexual perversion. It's everywhere. Let's not pretend like, no, it's not really that bad. It is that bad. Well, they'll portray it like sex outside of marriage is actually normal. I don't know if you guys watch any novellas. You shouldn't. But novellas, they make their money off of that. They get these men that are dressed like super swole. I mean, super, like, the hair shine. I mean, everything about them is like, dang. Like, for real? And, like, the shirt, the wear, like, I mean, I'm telling you, like, it's, like, half open. It comes up to their belly button. And they're walking around, like, that's the style. I'm like, I would never do that. Now, imagine me, like, cutting up this thing and just, like, y'all be like, we got to pick for Pastor Adam. That's not right. But in their minds, they're saying, like, man, we want people to watch this. We want our show, so what do we do? Get the woman to dress all, like, scandalous. Get the men to dress all, like, provocative. That's how we'll get the ratings. And sure enough, they'll add a couple of scenes where like they're making love, and it's just like, what in the world? I remember walking in one time, mom was watching Norvell, that's her soul, she's been delivered from that, hallelujah. <laughs> mom be watching, I love you. Uh, anyways, uh, I walk in one time, and then she was watching Norvell, and I'm just like, man, this thing. And then uh, the music goes on, it's just like, but you can tell when something's bad news, like, wow, it was like, what in the world is going on right now? Like, oh, heck no, you know it's trouble. When you hear stuff like that, run. Like, run away. Anyways, I'm walking in, I'm putting my stuff down, and I hear that kind of music. I'm like, what in the world? And mom's over there, I can't believe they put this on. And the old boy is beginning to like undress. I'm like, oh, no. And literally, they would go to the extent of just like, boom. Not boom on TV, but they almost... Put the thought into your mind. It's out there. You don't have to go far to look from it or look for it. Everyone deals with it. And the advertisement of it, constantly, constantly, constantly. Man, when you go to school, constantly, constantly, constantly. Not to say that people are out there telling you have sex, have sex, have sex. But they're going to put it in your face like, man, it's okay. Oh, you know what? Have sex, sex. Here's some condoms. It's okay to do it. Just be safe you are. You go to your counselor, hey, listen, I'm doing this, have safe sex. When they don't understand that sex is not really what you're looking for, you're looking for a person, his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so it's advertised every single day, everywhere you go, it's really hard to try to hide from it, unless you live in a cave. Anybody live in a cave? Jeremiah lives in a cave. <laughs> I'm going to pray for the brother. <laughs> he needs to set this up from the cave spirit. Anyways, <laughs> But like advertisement does that to us, like the Lila did for Samson. Tell me what, what I can do to find you, to afflict you, 
so I can torture you, so I can harm you, and he's playing along. Man, advertisement, it does that constantly in your face, like dang, dang, dang. And sometimes we just thought, oh, it's just normal now. I just watch it, oh, making out, yeah, whatever. Oh, that's, that's fine. Oh, this one a little bit like, oh, that's the sexy right there? Oh, whatever. You're in the theaters, and you can't even know what's going on. It's like, uh, okay, I'm just going to watch it. Hey, normal, they do anything for me. But you will leave places and be so affected that now it's on your heart and mind, and you'll begin to act the same way. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs 7. You know the Bible talks about that? How, like, sex advertises itself. The Bible gives it the illustration of a harlot, of a prostitute. I love the Bible and how it describes how sexual temptation is really trying to grab you. Proverbs 7, open up your Bibles there if we can get it on the screen. It's everywhere. Proverbs 7, 6. And actually starts up the crafty harlot, the crafty prostitute. Sexual temptation, it comes. As a matter of fact, it's funny, my father had a story yesterday. He was actually parking the garage. He takes my mom to work and he comes back home and he was parking the garage and you know, he backs it up so that he can see people walking by. And, you know, he just closes it, watch mixture go on now, electric, electric, uh, uh, guitar, not guitar, but like electric garage opener. So he's parking it, and he notices someone's walking by, like, oh, hey, hey, he's like, oh, you know what, they probably, you know, they probably need some help or something like that. So he opens up the garage again, and lo and behold, a prostitute was there. And she begins to walk up to the car. My dad's in the car, like, oh, heck no. And she comes down to the window, I said, hey, Bobby. That was like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, I ain't your Bobby. And it's like, hey, listen, you know what? Any Bobby in there, this and this. And it's like, listen, I don't have time for this right now. And then she begins to proceed and ask for money. He said, listen, I have no money to give away. You know, and, and I just remember that, okay, Bobby, can you spare any change? Nothing, I'm sorry. But just in that, like, man, this, this illustration the Bible would use is something similar to that. Man, the commercial didn't put up no, some, some methed out, some cracked out like prostitute that's like barely clothed and walking with a limp. Like, hey, papi, you're not gonna put that in front of you. They'll take the supermodels, they'll take the guys who are like ripped in every, every shape, every like thing. I don't know if you can get cut right there. Like his cheeks are cut, you know what I mean? They'll take everyone there and put them in front of you. Be like, oh man, then your mind begins to think. Like I'll never get with so-and-so, but maybe so-and-so can fit that. They don't have the cut cheeks, but maybe I can, like, you know what I mean? And so the Bible paints this picture in Proverbs 7, 6. The crafty heart, let's start and read it. For the window of my house, I looked through the lattice and saw a young, and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house, speaking of the harlot, the prostitute. In the twilight of the evening, in the black and the darkened night, and there a woman met him with attire of a harlot, prostitute, and a crafty heart. She was loud, notice her, she was loud and defiant. She was loud and rebellious. New King James Version? That's oh, NIV, bro. Can we get it fixed a little bit? It doesn't have uh, New King James. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, so this is going to have to work. They all look at me like, I don't see that up there. Okay, I like this version the way it describes it. It says it like this. And there a woman met him with the entire, she looked appealing. She looked as if like, hey, listen, I want you to get my, I want to get your attention. Hey, look at me. Talk about the crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Now, you know what? No, no matter how much you will try, sexual sin would always come to your face. It would always come in your heart. It would always come to you in the form of temptation. Think about it like that. 
There's no passing the buck. There's no saying, like, well, I'm not attracted to that. Well, I don't, I don't get down like that. That's not me. You lying. You lying. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times, she was outside at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Now she's making her plea. She's coming up and she's tempting him. She said, listen, I'm going to get this guy. I have peace, peace offerings with me. Today I paid my vows, so I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face. And I have found you. I found my guy. I spread my bed with tapestry-colored coverings of Egyptian linen. She faced it, and it is over here, and we're going to get down. Let me paint the picture for you. Egyptian cotton, candles, hot chocolate, strawberries, fondue, whatever you want. Little fans, so it's not too hot, not too cool. She's doing that to him. That's what she's doing. Literally, she's caught him, she's kissed him, and she's basically throwing herself on him like, come on, let's do this. Man, what's happening? I spread my bread and tapestry colored coverings of Egyptian linen. Verse 17. I have perfumed my bed. Uh-oh. Someone say rebuke? You want to say like, man, that's you. Uh, I have perfume. She's coming on. She's so desperate. There she, she's over here. So it smells sexy. I remember one time I was in eighth grade and I had a crush on a girl. She was actually my girlfriend for about maybe about a month. Anyways, um, she liked me. I liked her. And it happened to be the time of Valentine's Day and I wanted to get her something. So I got her a pair. I went to Target. Got like this little berry. You know, it was cuddly, fuzzy. You know, I was, I was romantic. Eighth grade. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, so I was like, man, you know what? She loves the way I smell. I remember back in eighth grade, I used to like drench myself in cologne. Like you walked in. I was like walking cologne advertisement. But it smelled good, right? But then I like run and like do all this and sweat, and the sweat with my cologne made me smell like pee, so like didn't work out. But anyways, that day I knew I am not running because I want this girl to smell me and be like, hey. So guess what? I was giving her a thing. I was giving her the bear like, she's really oh she likes my cologne. I sprayed that thing with some of my cologne. I'm gonna see if she notices. I give it to her. She's like, oh it's cute. Did you spray this with your cologne? I'm like, yeah. She's like, ha. She's like, why? And I'm like, I thought you loved me. She's like, that's weird. And she walks over. I'm like, dang. She <laughs> in my life, eighth grade, and my heart beginning to break. Anyways, I just don't know why I told you that story. Because when I heard that, like, she's spraying her perfume like I wanted to like it. She's doing everything to get this guy to fall, to like go for it. She is saying, I want this guy in bed with me. The prostitute saying this with her. Come let us take, come let us take our fill of love until morning. Uh oh, someone said rebuke. Don't say it like you mean it. Rebuke. <laughs> come let us take our fill of love. Fill of love is not talking about a drink. Come on now. A fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband, uh oh, she's married. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. Hey, she's married now. She took a vow of love to be with till death do them part. He's not home. Come in. Verse 20, he has taken a bag of money with him and will not come home on the appointed day. Verse 21. With her enticing speech, there it is, the word entice. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. She pressed it on him. Immediately, he went after her as an axe 
as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. So an arrow stuck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost his life. He did not know, like, man, this temporary pleasure, hey, listen, this is going to happen. No one's around. Man, you know what? She's making it sound so good. Man, it smells good. Everything she's talking of love. Hey, what's it going to cost? The husband's not home. He's not around. I can't get in trouble. No one's going to keep me accountable. Hey, look, if it's just this one movie scene where I can, you know what, watch it again and again, or maybe, you know what, if it's just this one time where I get with my boyfriend because we really love each other, Man, no one's really around, and it's happening right now, and I have a choice, and I can really get away with it. He did not know it would cost him his life. It will cost him his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not, let, do not stray into her paths. 26. For he has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Notice that strong men wasn't people who were like, oh, you know what? I would expect them to be addicted to that. I would expect them. No, they were strong men. You think you're strong in this place, and then this doesn't really affect you. You think you can. Strong men fall into this trap. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Man, that's not a clearer picture of how sexual temptation advertised, and when it catches you, it catches you, it hooks you, it leads you to death. I don't know what it is. The Bible deliberately puts it like this. Solomon wrote this, writes this, uh, one of the, obviously the, the most wisest men to have lived other than Jesus, and he's writing, he said, listen, temptation I know a thing or two. God had made him supernaturally wise, and God blessed him. And he's saying, listen, this is what it's going to be like. Let me paint the picture. A prostitute. No, a harlot. Someone who's married but throws herself around, wanting you to sleep with her. That's what it's like. And really, it's going to cost you your life. You go down that road, it will lead you to hell. People look like, man, it's, it's satisfying. The moments, you know, that sex is actually a spiritual act. The, the thing that happens, the physical part, is secondary to what happens spiritually. They become one flesh. They become one. Why is it that you think the Bible says all these different things to wait for marriage? Do you think that the Bible is trying to hold on to something? Like, man, sex is good. No one who comes back that they will say to themselves, like, man, sex is, is bad. You don't want to do it. I got married. Not even fun, dude. You're wasting your time. No, no, people are like, do it. You get married, you're with your wife. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up, bro. But before they keep it holy. But I'm telling you, now they'll try to promote it like you can have it outside sex. But why do we say, listen, outside of marriage, it's bad. The Bible says, listen, have it in marriage. Why? Because it involves more than just the physical action. It involves your feelings. It involves who you are as a person. I remember counseling and talking with girls, and they're saying, like, man, I, I slept with so-and-so, and I'm no longer in my life. It's been years, but I can't get over them. Why? Because when you have intercourse, you share yourself, you become one flesh, not just the act, but who you are. And the person's like, I can't get rid of this, but by the grace of God, she was set free. She realized, man, she was holding on to the person still. But Jesus gave it to her heart. You see, man, wouldn't it be easier when we say things like, man, you know what? It's easier to hold on to marriage. You know what? I want to do it God's way, but it's so hard. This affects all of us. 
It affected me. I was in church and I had backs that had sex outside of marriage in my senior year of high school. I said, man, I forget this. I was doing the one-on-one, the discipleship things that we talk about here at this church. I was in it. Man, I had a passion who was in my life. He's like, man, I love you. And you think, like, man, it'd be impossible for somebody like that to fall. Yeah, right. It happened with a girl. First, the thought. My friends were doing it. They would always make fun of me. And I throw it back at them. Like, nah. They kept on pressuring me. They kept on pestering me. Like, man, agitating me, pressuring that place. We're like, dude, I don't want to. No, no. And I started thinking, like, man. Maybe this girl one day is going to be my wife, so it's okay if I sleep with her now. I was trying to make it right in my own mind, but the Bible says that that way leads to death. And I was saying, like, man, I'll do anything right now to probably to make it right, but I know I can't. And because that was in my heart, because the issue was unsettled, every time I was with her, we got deeper and deeper and deeper in a relationship. It started off slow, touching, holding, grabbing, and then we had sex. And I found myself in that place like, what in the world? How did I get here? I told myself, I will never do this. Senior year, I lost my virginity to a girl now that's no longer in church. She's out there praying for her. But listen, it was just like, oh, she's not in my life now. And I look back like I lost it. I messed up. Why bother going to church? When I came back to church, God said, listen, I'm going to restore you. That which you lost, I want to give back to you. I want to make you whole. I want to make you holy. Give you a fresh start. And I'm thinking, man, what, what's it going to cost? Just surrender your life. Oh. You see, many of us, we say, man, I wouldn't do those things if Jesus was here. Picture it like this. If Jesus was in the room with you whenever you're dealing with sexual temptation, if Jesus was in the room, wouldn't it be easier? Like you're sitting down, you're about to watch pornography, but then <laughs> I'm here, you know, hey. And Jesus sitting right next to you. Oh, awkward. <laughs> hey, Jesus. Oh, what was I going to do? Uh, uh, um, nothing. Uh, you didn't see that. What? www.bigbuddhist.what? I, I wasn't putting that in there. No, no, not me. Uh, it's so easy. He walks with you to school. Looking, hey, what's up, girl? Oh, oh, no, I'm saying hi because my, my friend. No, no, no. I'm not lusting after her, God. Be easy if Jesus was around. Sometimes we say that like, man, God, you made me this way. And if you were here, if you didn't have to go to heaven, I wouldn't be like this. You can push it back to God like, hey, God, it's your fault. You made me like this. I'm young. I have all these emotions. I love. I love like this, God. It's your fault. If you were here, maybe that would change. I'm waiting for you to come back. But little do we realize that God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, is in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Open up your Bibles with me to John chapter 16. If I can have any come up to the keys for me. John chapter 16. Some of us may say, man, I wish I was close to Jesus. Man, I, I can tell you that being at a place where you're sexually involved with somebody, when you're sexually um, involved in things, and sin, it's shameful. It's embarrassing. No one really wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to hide and act like, man, that's not me. But we deal with it. Pornography, it's not exclusively just for guys, but for the ladies. Hello? Oh, you said, no, not me. That's not me. That can't be me. No, no, no. 
you wake up one morning, it's like, how did I get to this place? I've been to church all my life. I've been to church for the last X amount of years. Man, I was doing so good. There was about six months that I hadn't looked at this. I hadn't slept over, and I was doing so good. Why did it get to this? How could I have gotten to this point? I wish Jesus was close. Man, the point of your shame, the point of your embarrassment, the point of your secretness, it's so secretive. You don't let nobody in. Man, I remember I could, it was so easy at that point in time to be delivered. See, I was really looking for love. And that expression of love came by me loving on this girl. And I thought, like, man, if I love her the way that I would love my wife, then maybe that will satisfy me. Maybe that will be the thing that's missing in my heart. It wasn't. And notice how my relationships and things were being affected. And I'm thinking to myself, like, where is the root? What can I do? And there were many days, I'll tell you the truth, that I would be in my room just thinking to myself, how did I get here? I lived in a Christian home. Mom always had scriptures everywhere, put it on the fridge, put it on the doors. And she knew something was up with me because of my relationship with her. I was secretive. I didn't want to talk. I was always frustrated. Man, having sex outside of marriage, I thought I loved this girl. I loved her. My relationship suffered. Whether your thing is pornography, whether sex outside of marriage, whether you're struggling with some sort of sexual issue, it will mess you up. It's not just that area. Don't think you have it under control. It will mess you up. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, how did I get here? And being convicted, I'm just like, man, Jesus doesn't want to talk to me. Man, I grew up in church. Man, the shame to have to come up to somebody like, man, I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. Because when I look and think about the story of Jesus, how he died on the cross, you would think that would be enough to get my attention. Think like, man, he died for my sins. He went through that punishment. I'm not going to do it. I'm giving it up. No, 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 no. I don't want it anymore. You think that will be the end of it. Think that, man, it's going to stop right there. When you see how intense it was for Jesus to die on the cross, we think like, man, it's settled. I'm not going to do it. Jesus, I got a cross and I'll remember it. Find our place when we wake up and say, How did I get back to this place? I wish Jesus was close. Let me tell you, He is as close as He is ever going to be, and even right now, in your struggle. In closing, we're going to look at John chapter 16. I mean, you can put up John 16 5 on the screen for me. I want to tell you today that you're probably, if you're here and you're without hope, and you hear you're struggling with something, you're not alone. You don't have to be ashamed. Don't pass the buck. I prayed for this before. Has it been settled? Has God took it from you? I can tell you what, that when God has dealt with me in this issue, he's always put the conviction that has never been the hammer, it has never been the belt. Like many times I think, like, man, he's going to beat me up. Like, hey, God, he's going to, man, I messed up here. There comes the bell, get you a weapon and punch you. And like, you stupid, what's wrong with you? It's not like that. Every time when I get back to him, he, he embraces me. Sometimes I think it's too good to be true. Like, man, God, I'm sorry. I for, forgive me. I, I repent. And, he's, and he brings me close. And then when I realize that I don't deserve his kindness, his goodness, that second chance, man, I don't deserve that. He's faithful and he's kind. And restores me. And that new life, I didn't have to beg or plead. He gave it to me freely. Uh, guys, I want to close out in this. 
making you aware of the Holy Spirit. See, if you're expecting the physical body of Jesus to walk with you and be with you in those times, that's not happening. You're going to wait for a long time. But if you're saying to yourself, like, man, I want God, I wish he was near, the Holy Spirit of God makes himself willing and available in your life in your toughest moment. He is the Holy Spirit of God. He's not like anybody you know. He's just not another person. He is a holy God. And the Bible says that he comes and he makes his home in our hearts. Man, you know what? In the time they're like, man, I wish Jesus was so close. He lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit brings the Father and the Son close to you. That's what we can say, man. I've been forgiven. I've been saved. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes and he brings the work of the cross, the blood of Jesus, your sins being washed, white as, new, white as snow, a new start. The Holy Spirit brings that in your life. And he changes you. That becomes your identity. Not your mistakes. So I don't stand up here before you and say, man, you know what? I'm the person, I'm the youth pastor that slept around with XYZ. I did this, struggled with pornography. Did this, 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 this. That's who I am. Or I say, you know who I am? You want to know who I am today? I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. He's made me whole. He's made me right before God. There's nothing between me and God that I can say I'm ashamed or afraid of because God stepped in. And by his power and by his grace, he restores that relationship. I wish Jesus was close. The Holy Spirit is close. John 16, 5. In closing, would you stand to hear me, me, please? It says it like this. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asked me. Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. The disciples are getting sad. Like, man, Jesus is leaving. No, no, you can't leave us, Jesus. You have to stay the rest of our lives and forever. Verse 7. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He tells them the truth. This lie. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away. The helper. Somebody say the helper. Come on, say it like your way today. Say the helper. The helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him, the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. In closing, God is making himself available right now. Man, some of us here, even this week, we're going from week to week, and some of us come, we're getting prayed for, and we get pastored. Man, we have routines, and man, I mean, I, I gave up this, I gave up that, but it keeps on coming back to me. I can't do anything, it just the thoughts keep on coming back. We're being pastored throughout the week, and we're wondering if there's any solution. Jesus. Well, I wish he was close. Well, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's here. In closing, would you close your eyes and bow your heads in this place? The Holy Spirit is close. He's not far away. We can live pure. We can live holy, but we need the helper. We need the Holy Spirit. I don't think it's an issue of like, man, I keep on struggling with this. I think it's an issue of being aware of him. Really, I think that's what it is. It's not that I keep on struggling, but are you aware of Christ in the moment that you're being tempted? 
Are you aware of the Holy Spirit's power, His breaking chains power, His anointing in your life in those moments? That you don't have to go back to those things that you struggle with. We're closing. We want to pray. I'm going to sing out, close out. We can have Lawrence on the drums. Maybe it's we're ignoring the helper. Maybe, you know, I don't want to say this, but maybe we're ignoring God. Maybe we're just flat out just saying, man, I don't want to hear it, God. Whatever. That's not for me. Maybe later on in life, right now, no. We can live here. Maybe you're saying in this place you're ignoring the help. We want to pray for you. Because it's turning to Jesus. You're wondering. It's like that you don't want God, but at the same time, after you struggle and the shame of everything and sexual sin bring, comes to your mind, it's like, I don't want this either. I tell your friend, it's coming to Jesus. Stop ignoring him. Maybe some of us in this place are unaware of the helper. Man, I didn't know it got that good that God, in my moment of struggle, he comes and he, and he helps me. Yeah, he does. Listen, in closing, we want to pray. If you're saying to yourself in this place that, man, you know what? I really want to accept Jesus in my heart. I've not done that. I've not received the Holy Spirit in my life. There's no conviction. That's the place to start. In closing, all eyes closed, but heads bowed in this place. God, we come before you. And you see your people, you see your children, you're not ashamed of them, you're not embarrassed of them. But God, you love them and you care for them deeply. It's why you send your Holy Spirit. You, God, come down. So we pray for people in this place. Listen, if you're saying to yourself, like, man, I want that relationship with the Lord. Maybe you backslid. Maybe there's been a couple of moments where you're like, man, I don't even know if I'm saved right now. I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Would you just quickly do me the favor? Here's where you go. I want you to slip up your head and put it right back down. If you're saying, man, I want the Holy Spirit. Would you lift up your hands? Oh, come on, my hands going up in this place. Come on. Amen. You can lift them up and put them back down. Amen. And that's it. That's it here. If you guys can do me the favor, we're going to pray in closing. You can pray after me. Say, dear Lord. Come on, say that. Out. Come on, just everyone in this place. Say, dear Lord. I ask you into my heart. I ask that you would change me. That you would transform my mind. Jesus, I love you. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Listen, if you're saying in this place, like, look, my God is good, we're going to close out in prayer. If you just raise your hand and listen, you know who you are. We want you to come on up. We're going to pray. And listen, this is where you now, not me, this is where you, you go back and say, God, this is what I was praying for. God, this is what I surrendered. And he will come down. Listen to me, elevate. He will come down. It's not one of these things I'm saying, trying to hype you up. The Holy Spirit of God will come into this place and fill your heart with love, with joy, with this peace, with this assurance. He's doing it even now. If you can do me the favor and turn off the light on the side, we're just going to get set our hearts to attitude of worship in this place. God, we give you our hearts. Come on, we're going to leave the sanctuary open. If you want to find a place in this sanctuary, don't pray. We're 
and given it to us. We receive it in this place, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for the liberty, for the freedom that you bring. God, we pray that as we leave this place, God, you would help us be conscious of the work of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit that's happening in our lives. Even when we're tempted, God, make us aware, Holy Spirit, of the helper, of the counselor. And God, we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. Come on, can you bless him in this place? Come on. Come on, reach your neighbor, love him a little bit. Come on, tell him Jesus, bring his sexy back. You guys are free to dismiss and fellowship. Hallelujah. Guys, we brought snacks for you in the foyer, all right? That's not decoration. Please eat her, eat her off. Butterfingers, everything. Just don't eat like the pictures. It's not made out of candy, okay? We go all out. You know what I mean? Amen. So, guys, be blessed. Have fun time. Remember, life groups, 6 p.m. Tuesday. Tuesday at Cho House. At Cho House? Not Cho House. My house. DJ. Bump that track. Hallelujah. We'll see you Tuesday.